Welcome to Keeping the Faith, a weekly podcast in which we discuss contemporary issues through the prism of Jewish law and tradition. My name is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer, and this is my first podcast, so please bear with me. I hope what you hear interests you and that you'll come back in the weeks to come. The headline for today's topic is, God is not to blame, we are. Whenever there's a natural disaster, God is usually cited as the cause. It's an inevitability, a way of deflecting blame from the real culprit, usually meaning ourselves. All too often, as in the coronavirus pandemic we're going through right now, the blame rests heavily on human shoulders, as I'll explain in a few minutes. For now, let's stick with how and why we blame God and what are the consequences of doing so. God, we're told by so many of our religious leaders of all faiths, manages events. He's the grand puppeteer, and everything he does has a reason. Saying such things is supposed to move people closer to God, but all too often what it does is just the opposite. Saying such things pushes people farther away. It's probably worse in our Jewish world than in the greater world in which we live. That's what survey after survey shows. Consider these statistics. About two-thirds of all Jews here in the United States reportedly aren't even certain God exists. As if that's not bad enough, a little over a quarter of American Jews are certain, certain, mind you, that God does not exist exist. We see a different picture in the general world, at least according to surveys by both the Pew Research Center and the Gallup Organization. What these surveys show is that nearly two-thirds of respondents say they are certain God exists. I'm not sure, though, how many of those who responded to these surveys were being totally honest, because there's another statistic that doesn't jive with this one. In the last half century, there's been a remarkable drop in church attendance, something synagogues can attest to as well. Seriously, if you're truly convinced God exists, why stop going to church? In any case, that's not our concern. The numbers I cited about the Jewish world make it clear we have a worse problem where God is concerned. Too many Jews are turned off by God, and much of the blame for that rests on the let's blame God game. When it comes to blaming God, COVID-19 is no different than past natural disasters of every kind. In its case, we're being told by religious leaders of all faiths that God's punishing us for all manner of sins, including the usual list coming from the right, homosexuality and abortion rights, but also for some even more bizarre ones like postmodernism of all things. And in one case, globalization and the sins of the Catholic Church combined. That combination comes from an extreme right-wing Roman Catholic historian and church critic, Roberto de Matte. In a recent video lecture, he called COVID-19 a scourge from God, his words, and the killer of globalization, also his words. Much of the blame, he said, also rested with, and I quote, the men of the church in their collective whole, with few exceptions, meaning, of course, church leaders from the Pope on down. For de Matte, they're all too liberal, and God is punishing the world because of it. Then there are the usual list of sins, homosexuality and abortion. 
You've heard some politicians on the extreme right and others in that camp refer to COVID-19 as the beer virus. Coronavirus. Beer virus. Well, at least one Christian minister on that side of the political aisle calls it the homovirus. His name is Bishop E.W. Jackson, and he's the founder and president of a group called S-T-A-N-D, STAND, which stands for Staying True to America's National Destiny. He coined the term homovirus on his radio show, The Awakening. Others of his conservative ilk agree, Jewish as well as Christian. Pastor Stephen Andrew, who heads something called the American Christian Denomination, blames the pandemic on the legalization of homosexuality. God, he said, and I'm quoting, destroys LGBT societies, unquote. On the other hand, he said, again quoting him, obeying God protects the USA from diseases such as the coronavirus, unquote. Then there's the Tennessee preacher, Perry Stone, who sees both homosexuality and abortion as the twin causes of COVID-19. He called it God's reckoning, as he put it, because our nation's courts legalized gay marriage and abortions. What he doesn't explain is why God, if he's angry at courts in the United States, is taking it out on everyone else in the world at the same time, including people who believe gay marriage and abortion are sinful. I'm not sure if he realizes that what he's actually saying is that God not only has a temper, but that he sometimes lets it get way out of control. Muslims aren't immune from the blame God game. One unnamed Muslim cleric, for example, appeared on the official Palestinian Authority television channel and called the coronavirus, quote, one of almighty Allah's soldiers, his words, not mine. God unleashed the virus, he said, and I quote, on those who attack his believers. Now, he did acknowledge that believers would also succumb, but not to worry because if they, and I quote, have stood firm and placed their trust in Allah, then they will receive an enormous reward, the reward of martyrdom. Then there are the Jewish voices. To Rabbi Meir Mazuz, a prominent ultra-Orthodox leader in Israel, the blame for COVID-19 is on Israel because it allows gay pride parades, which are, quote, against nature, and anyone who does something against nature, the one who created nature, takes revenge on him. That's what he said. God is raining death on their parade and on the rest of us as well. Another rabbi on the right, on the right, not in the right, Shlomo Aviner, offered one of those bizarre explanations I mentioned earlier. He said that God sent the pandemic because, quote, man thinks he is God, that he is the master and can decide what is good and bad, something which is called moral relativism or postmodernism, unquote. You can't make this stuff up. As I said, declarations like these are inevitable. We've heard them before and doubtless we'll hear them again. For example, following the devastation wrought by Hurricane Katrina on New Orleans in 2005, the Reverend Franklin Graham, son of the late Reverend Billy Graham, knew exactly why Katrina happened. These are his words, quote, This is one wicked city, okay? It's known for Mardi Gras, for Satan worship. It's known for sex perversion. It's known for every type of drugs and alcohol and the orgies and all of these things that go on down there in New Orleans. It was the same almost immediately after Hurricane Harvey hit Texas in 2017, 
when there came the voices, mainly from the Christian religious right, blaming it on gay rights, abortion rights, and even transgender bathroom privileges. The left, by the way, isn't immune from such absurdities. You've probably heard of the satirical Paris magazine Charlie Hebdo, which suffered a horrific terrorist attack in 2015. Well, in its post-Hurricane Harvey issue in August 2017, it ran a cartoon on its cover showing hands of drowning victims reaching above water, saluting Nazi flags that also were disappearing beneath the flood. The headline read, God exists. He drowned all the neo-Nazis of Texas. Let's be clear about this. Blaming God for disasters of any kind is blasphemous. It maligns God. God doesn't work that way. At least we Jews aren't supposed to believe he does. After all, if God was the grand puppeteer making everything happen, we wouldn't be fasting on Yom Kippur, would we? After all, how can we atone for sins we did that God made us do? It's absurd in the extreme. And our sages of blessed memory said as much, and certainly when it comes to natural disasters of any kind. In the Babylonian Talmud, we're told that Roman philosophers asked a group of visiting sages from the land of Israel why God, if he detests idol worship, doesn't simply destroy the objects being venerated. You can't worship what's no longer there. It doesn't work that way, said the sages to the philosophers. God would only destroy objects for which the world has no need, as they put it. But the venerated objects are the sun, moon, stars, and the constellations. And they are things the world needs. Should God destroy the world because of the fools, the sages asked rhetorically? Rather, they said, the world follows its own course. Olam kemin hago noheg. The world follows its own course. Natural disasters, whether hurricanes or pandemics, destroy things we need in the world so God isn't responsible for them. Nature is. Admittedly, God created nature, but he also created the rules by which nature operates. The Talmud, therefore, elaborates on what the sages said with two examples of how nature follows its own rules. In the first example, a person steals some wheat seedlings and plants them. Since God abhors theft, Using the logic of the Roman philosophers, the seedlings shouldn't grow into stalks of wheat. Yet they do, because the world follows its own course. In the second example, a woman becomes pregnant from an adulterous liaison. Since God abhors adultery, she shouldn't have become pregnant from that encounter. But she did, because the world follows its own course. God didn't send Hurricane Harvey or Katrina or Superstorm Standy in 2012, or the rains that flooded Mumbai in 2017, or the 2018 tsunami in Java and Sumatra that killed over 400 people and injured 14,000 others, or Hurricane Dorian in 2019 that destroyed large chunks of the Bahamas and caused much devastation in parts of the United States, or the tornadoes in Tennessee in March that caused 26 deaths and hundreds of injuries. And he isn't raining down the coronavirus on our heads now. The world follows its own course. Nature does its thing. But we're not doing our thing. The devastation wrought by nature is on us, not God. Hurricanes are going to happen. But the devastation they cause don't have to happen. The devastation caused by Katrina, for example, never had to happen. Scientists had been predicting a hurricane like Katrina for many years before it happened. 
years before Katrina, in fact. An unlikely coalition of scientists, business leaders, and environmentalists joined with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in proposing a $14 billion plan to stave off a Katrina-like disaster in New Orleans. But the proposal found no support among the politicians in Washington or the voters who put them there. COVID-19 began in Wuhan, China in mid-December 2019. China kept a lid on it until December 31st, when it notified the World Health Organization. Part of the blame for COVID-19, therefore, rests on the shoulders of China's leadership. But China's leaders don't share all the blame. Much of the blame for how the pandemic is unfolding here in our country rests on our leadership, not China's. Almost from the moment the WHO was notified by China, U.S. intelligence agencies began issuing what the Washington Post said were ominous, classified warnings about the looming danger. But rather than being acted upon, those warnings were being basically ignored. They didn't get serious about the virus in earnest until the beginning of March. Until then, they were downplaying it. And we're all paying the price for that now. Battling pandemics has never been high on President Trump's agenda in any case. Ever since he came to power, he's undermined our ability to respond to such threats. The biggest blow came in 2018 with the sudden, inexplicable dismantling of the National Security Council's Global Health Security and Biodefense Unit, known commonly as the NSC's Pandemic Preparedness Unit. It was headed by a well-respected and highly effective public health professional, Rear Admiral Timothy Zimmer who worked on global health issues for both the George W. Bush and Obama administrations. The unit was dismantled over objections from health professionals in and out of government. The White House has also repeatedly sought to severely cut the budgets for the CDC and the National Institutes of Health, including in its most recent budget proposal, although Congress has largely ignored those requests and at times actually increased funding. Ordinary people share the blame as well, and specifically those people who ignore the dangers and go on as if nothing's wrong, thereby helping to infect others. Too many ultra-religious Jewish communities are especially to blame. In Lakewood, New Jersey, for example, police on an almost daily basis have been breaking up Hasidic gatherings of all kind, including religious services, a funeral, a bar mitzvah, and an engagement party. As of April 2nd, Ocean County, where Lakewood is located, had 1,371 cases of COVID-19, according to state figures. Lakewood accounted for 450 of those cases, or very nearly one-third, 32.9% of all the cases there. In New York City, health officials report a continuing surge of coronavirus cases in Brooklyn communities, which they blame on gatherings of various sorts, including weddings, which continue to take place despite warnings. We see this elsewhere. In Montreal, for example, an entire Hasidic community was placed in lockdown, and residents of the Jewish section of town, Cote St. Luke, are said to be panic-stricken by the violations of safety measures there. In Israel, the coronavirus is spreading faster in ultra-Orthodox neighborhoods than anywhere else in the country. Even the ultra-Orthodox Minister of Health has been infected. In these communities, it's not just a matter of God punishing sinners. It's that the certainty that God will protect them because they're true believers, according to them at least, is so prevalent among them. 
Now, according to some news reports, many of those communities are beginning to question what they've been told about God because he isn't protecting them, which is another part of our problem. Another sector that seems less inclined to take precautions are people 45 and under, teenagers especially. One out of every five people being hospitalized for the virus is between 20 and 44 years old, according to CDC figures. Roughly a third of new cases are in this age group. The young think they're immune. They're not. In early March, for example, 70 youths from the University of Texas chartered a plane to go down to Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. Now that they're back, 44 of them have tested positive. 44 out of the 70. This is the bottom line. People who don't take this pandemic seriously are endangering themselves and they're endangering everyone else. We look at the reality we see in our world. While some of us shake our fists in anger at God, too many of us see it as proof that there is no God. The blame is misplaced. The world follows its own course. We have long understood hurricanes and tsunamis, how they work and what we need to do to minimize the risks they pose to people and property. Even if we don't immediately understand a novel disease like COVID-19, we do understand how disease spreads. We have a very good idea what the world's course is, but unless we do what's needed to be done to avert disasters we know could happen, they will happen. God is not to blame. We are. That's this week's entry. Keep the faith, but keep it for the right reasons, not the wrong ones. This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer, hoping you all stay safe and have a happy Passover.